friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. If this is your first podcast that you're listening to, massive warm welcome to you. If you've been listening to Making Disciples for a while, again, massive warm welcome to you as well. It's really good uh, to have you with me. Uh, thank you so much for all the little uh, messages and uh tweets and questions and engagements i i love it when people tweet things and ask things and post stuff uh, coming off the back of a podcast it's just always lovely to have that engagement it means it doesn't feel like i'm just talking at a microphone uh, it makes it feel like you're you're listening and engaging and a part of that conversation which is really exciting now this uh, term i've started a little series on the trinity Last week we were looking at what is the Trinity and how it's so easy to drift uh, into heresies. Um, if that bothered you, this idea it's so easy to drift into heresy, d don't worry about it. You know, yes, worry about it, but like, don't worry about it. Uh, if you've used an analogy before, sometimes by trying to make things simple, we end up oversimplifying and then it no longer stacks up. So if you are a youth worker or you are somebody who's preached a few times and you've used some of the analogies that maybe I used in last week's podcast, uh, don't get concerned. You know, just because you've uh, you've told somebody at some point that uh, the Trinity is like uh, water, uh, ice and gas, steam, uh, doesn't mean they're suddenly going to uh, lose their faith or something. You know, sometimes we oversimplify and it does it no longer stacks up. But, you know, it's part of the journey of exploring and wrestling and questioning and thinking and reflecting, isn't it? Now, today's episode, we're going to look at one of the three persons in the Trinity. We're going to look at the Father. We start with Father because uh, as you read through Scripture, uh, this is the, the the mysterious one. You know, Jesus is easier uh, to engage with in terms of um, uh, the New Testament. Jesus gives us a very clear picture with teaching. In the book of Acts, we see the work of the Holy Spirit, God's presence with his people. Uh, but the Father, uh, yeah, I, I want to start there with the mystery of the Father, the unfathomable father and and look at it and it's also i want to start here because this is the one that many of us have a real problem with particularly if we've had a bad relationship with our father growing up i had a great i love my dad and my dad loves me and actually I had a great relationship with my dad he's a real inspiration to me uh, particularly around his faith and the way that he does life real inspiration to me but i'm very aware uh, that many of us have poor relationships with our father and that relationship then impacts on how we might see God or it becomes something that taints that relationship that we might have with God so we're going to explore this today the unfathomable father and I'm going to get you to uh, jot a few things down so you might want a bit of paper you might if you're on the tube or something like that you might find it helpful to type on your phone but I'm going to ask you to write a couple of things down uh, so if you're driving, you ain't going to be able to do that. Don't worry about it. Maybe breathe on the window so you can write in your um, the steam on the window or something. I don't know. Uh, but, just, you know, just going to get you to write a few things down just to get you thinking a, a little bit. But here we go. We're going to jump into the second episode on the Trinity and we're going to explore the unfathomable father. 
So I'm going to jump straight in with a piece of scripture. John 14, 8 to 11. It just says this. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anybody that has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you realize that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me, what I say, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Wowzers. Well, the interesting thing here is that Jesus clearly says, uh, you know, Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So one of the key things here is, if you want to understand what God is like, you understand what the Father is like, you look at Jesus. There's no difference between the character of Jesus and the character of the Father. If you've seen one, you've seen the other. They're, they're of um, the, the same Trinity, the same God. So I want to explore this God as Father. Show us the Father. A um, couple of things here, God as Father. God is not a man, but he is a father. God is not a woman, but he still mothers. And I think this is really important for us. If we look in Scripture, we, we see these beautiful pictures of the Father. The Father running towards the prodigal son. The Father who pulls up his uh, garment and runs uh, we believe in a god who loves his children as father whilst at the same time there's beautiful imagery in the scriptures of god being like a mother so you've got god as a mother hen who invites us to take refuge under the wings of the hen god is not a woman but god still mothers it's simply impossible to begin to understand Christianity without first grasping the importance of the profound truth that God is our Father. To get our heads round this is to get our heads round so much when it comes to uh, our faith. God is wanting to protect, to care, to love uh, as Father. And what's interesting is we, we call God Father, we don't call God Mother, we call God Father. Um, partly, yes, because that we're coming out of a patriarchal society. Now, to understand the role of a father in a Middle Eastern family is to understand that the father's job was to uh, protect the widows in the father, uh, uh, in the family, to protect the widows in the family, uh, was to give a home to those that were outcast so if you were a father and you came across somebody outside of your family who was an outcast uh, then you you were to gather them in to be a part of your family you, the, the, the behavior was to be a protector uh, the father was there to care for the health care the educational needs the food needs of, of that family was to make sure they lived in a safe place that the role of the father was to very much to care and um, govern over their role was not to be dictator their role was not to be dominant their role was to lead 
the family uh, to bring about the best scenario and situation uh, for that family. So just uh, uh, where this plays out quite interestingly, um, in the scriptures, Jesus is approached one day by a young man who says, tell my brother to give me my uh, uh, half of the inheritance. Now, what would happen in a family if, when the patriarch died or the father died, the eldest son would get two thirds of the inheritance and the younger son would get a third. The older son would get more. And you might look at it, well, that's not fair. Surely it should be half and half. But the role of the eldest son was to be the protector, the carer, and the watcher over the family. The younger son didn't need to do that. The younger son could do whatever he wanted with his money. Uh, he could go off and create his own family. But the elder son was to look after the grandparents, was to look after the babies and the children, it was to look after the livestock, it was to look after the, the tent and the home. Uh, their job was to genuinely care for the, the whole family. So this father figure is really important in, in the Jewish faith to understand, not dictator, not dominator, uh, but carer, uh, to look after, to protect, to bring about the best scenario and situation for this family. So God is father. And to understand Christianity, we first have to grasp the truth of who this God is. This father wants to care, protect, look after watch over his family and his children let me just read this this is isaiah 63 16 but you are our father isaiah writes that abraham does not know us or israel acknowledge us you lord are our father our redeemer from old in his name the father is the redeemer the father and i think this is where to start understanding the father is there to redeem the broken the father is there to protect those that need protecting to bring refuge to those that need refuge the father figure in the jewish faith was to really um create space for the whole family to thrive and our heavenly father is to the redeemer uh, the one that brings space uh, for the whole family to survive. Uh, Mike Walkerson in his book Redemption writes this. Tragically, for many of us, the father-child relationship is fraught with fear, shame, dread, disappointment or absence. For some of us, the word father has been darkened by the worst of evils. Can you ever hope to know God as your father if your view of father is so broken? so true many of us have got such damaged relationships with our fathers absent fathers addicted fathers um overworked fathers fathers with their own insecurities and issues and the danger is we read that then on to um where we see father in scripture and let's just back up a sec um, whenever we read the old testament and we see this dominant male patriarch there's a danger that what we do is we read our understanding of domination and our understanding uh, of a dictator over how some of these relationships uh, behaved uh, we we see our very male dominant society and we end up reading it all you know it's imbalanced women are subservient and um, we've really got to get our head around an eastern understanding where it's not about domination, the role of the father, the role of the male lead 
is to be there as sacrifice for those in the family. So uh, when a male married his female bride and he made a commitment to her, if his bride got in debt, committed a crime, then it wasn't uh, necessarily just her that would be punished. He would take on the punishment. He could take that punishment on. So if she was in debt, got in debt for any reason, he would pay the debt. So the, the role of the husband or the patriarch in the family was to actually uh, be the solution to whatever issue emerged in that marital family. Um, so when we read into some of the Old Testament stories, we, we actually misunderstand quite what's going on there. Our understanding of father, what we've experienced shouldn't be read onto our heavenly father although he is it is it's what happens but it shouldn't uh, we need to not read our biological father's traits onto our father god but alternatively we need to read our father god's character and traits onto our earthly fathers so rather than looking at our broken earthly fathers and saying that's what god is like we should look at god and say well that's what a perfect father looks like Yes, my earthly father doesn't stack up. And I'm going to be inspired by my heavenly father to live more like him rather than my earthly father. That's the way round it should be. It's not how it is. And and we really do struggle with uh, this idea or this reality that God is the perfect father and we shouldn't read our earthly fathers onto him. We don't know who we are unless we grasp who our heavenly father is. Um how can I say that? Well, we are made in the image of God. And if we create in the image of God, we can't really know who we are unless we know who he is. When we know our family line, when we know our heritage, when we know our history, when we know where we have come from, then we can know who we are. I've got a group of friends who have all recently, different ones, different people, different places, but have all paid to have their DNA tested. Uh, some of them have paid 50 quid and they've got these DNA tests. Some of my friends have paid 200 pounds. One of my friends has paid about 900 pounds, or was it dollars, maybe 900 dollars, to get these tests done to check their DNA. They want to know where they're from. They want to know about their family history. One of them is adopted and he doesn't know much about his family line at all. Uh, so he's paid because he wants to know a little bit about his DNA, where is he from. He wants to know what they've checked is, is there anything in his DNA that might have a tendency towards cancer um, or towards other you know, heart disease and that kind of stuff. So they want to check his DNA for medical issues. So he's trying to understand himself and he's trying to go to the DNA to give a solution to his identity because he doesn't know his family, real family name really. He doesn't know where his family were from and that kind of stuff when we know who father god is when we know who he is and and uh, that we created in his image it can give us a real or it does give us not it can it does give us a real sense of who we are so to understand the unfathomable father or to, to understand that we created in his image can help us understand who we are so god is not man but he is father is not woman but he is mother the nature the nature and the character of God as Father is this this being who loves, who cares and protects.
The second thing I want to say is this. So I want to read this. This is the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That's the line from the creeds. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Let's just look at three of these words for a moment. This is where the pen comes in. If you've got pen, I want you to write down Father. I want you to write down Almighty. And I want you to write down Creator. If you don't have a pen and paper, then you may want to just do this on your phone. If you were to write down Father, Almighty and Creator. So the creed says, I believe. I believe in Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. What do each of those phrases tell us? So let's look at Father for a moment. What does the phrase Father tell you? What would you write down? What does that phrase Father tell you about um, about God, the, the Father person of the Trinity? It tells me that God is personal. He tells us that he is knowable. And it tells me that he is intimate. Uh, how do you say knowable? Well, your father's knowable. Your father is a person of which you can get to know. So God is personal, knowable, and a father is intimate. I'm going to explore that intimacy in a moment. So what did you write down for father? What would you write down there? What does father tell us about God? Secondly, write down almighty. What does the word almighty tell us? What does the word almighty tell us about God? What would you write down there? For me, I would write down almighty tells me that God is powerful. God is strong. He's dependable. He's not flaky because he's the almighty. He's the ruler. Uh, he has the he is the one that has um, the power to make things happen. God is powerful, strong, dependable. What would you write down for Almighty? So Father Almighty. Father is personable, personable, knowable, intimate. He's powerful, strong, dependable. What would you write down for Creator? What would you put down? What does that tell you, Creator of heaven and earth? What does that tell you about God? For me, I would write down something like God is purposeful. He created everything and has a plan. Uh, creator tells me God is creative. He sees solutions. He sees ways around. He sees uh, potential where there is nothing. An artist sees a blob of paint. But they don't see a blob of paint. They see a beautiful painting that can be made from it. God sees potential. A creator wastes nothing. He sees bricks and sees what he could do with them. So God is father, personable, is knowable, is intimate, is almighty, is powerful, strong, dependable, is creator, which means he's purposeful, is creative, sees solutions. I want to just ask you this question. How do you think the father theme of God is received in our culture? How is it received in culture? How do people understand God as father in culture? Uh, is it that they see him as personable, knowable, powerful? Or do they see God as father as something else? I love this. So this, I'm just thinking here about the, the knowable nature of the father. And C.S. Lewis says this, in prayer we get to climb up into our father's lap. In prayer, we get to climb up into our Father's lap. I was preaching on this 
ah, quite a while ago at our church and I had a chair at the front and uh, I'd secretly asked my son Isaac to go and stand at the very back of church and I went and sat in this chair I think it's more like a throne really than a chair and I'm sat in this chair and I during the sermon was preaching about the fact that God is intimate and knowable and I invited at one part I said Isaac come come and he come running down the aisle he was only little I think he was probably nine at the time and I got him to come and sit on my lap on the throne and I cuddled Isaac and as I'm cuddling him I carried on preaching and I just preached about the God that knows his children and invites us to sit in his lap no matter how big you are we can sit in our father's lap in prayer we get to climb up into our father's lap such an incredible image do you know you can climb up into your father's lap to know God as father is to know the unfathomable as tangible and tender to know him as tangible and tender so we believe in God the father almighty creator of heaven and earth and there's lots of names that God we find in the scripture has. So Jesus tells us to call God Father, but but why? Why would Jesus tell us to call God Father? Well, it's purely because if we look in the Old Testament, all the names we have for God are really hard to engage with. So in Exodus 1, we're told that God is Elohim, which is just a plural word for God. Elohim is is a plural word, so it's not singular plural indicates the trinity so right the heart of genesis is a is an understanding of relational god and elohim just literally means god doesn't it isn't a name it's it's just uh the the role that he holds in exodus three fourteen, this elohim tells moses his name and he gives him your hey now there's so much you could uh, explore around this name Yahweh. V, uh, so Y-H-V-H in the Hebrew, Yahweh, can be translated a million different ways. You get a hundred rabbis in the room, you're going to get a hundred different answers how you translate this. But in essence, uh, Moses says, what do I tell people when I say that I've met you? What's your name? What's God's name? He says, my name is Yahweh or Yahweh. Uh, translates we would say something like and this is like a stab in the dark but I was I am and I will be I was I, I am and I will be uh, I think one of the easiest ways for me to get my head around it and I offer this to you is the word named Yahweh literally means pure existence he has existed he does exist and he will exist just pure existence I am the one who exists Exodus 3.15 is described as the God of Abraham, God of Isaac and Jacob, the ancestor God. Again, quite difficult to get our head round. We're told in the scriptures to call him uh, Lord. Uh, in fact, wherever we find the name Yahweh, Yahweh, Vahey, this Y-H-V-H, you'll only ever see it translated in the Old Testament as capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. We translate it as Lord. We don't know how to translate Yahweh, what to, to name God. Um, so we translate it as, as Lord. But in Isaiah 43, it says this, I am the Lord your God, the one of um, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. 
God of Israel is a redeemer. These are all uh, characters of God. They're not always names of God. So the Jewish people didn't know what to do. Like, what do we call him? They, they thought the name Yahweh was far too sacred to ever use. So they never used it. So they just called the Lord, Lord. And it's into this place that Jesus says, this unknowable one that you call Elohim, that you call Yahweh, the one, the one that you call God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one that you can only translate as Lord. I now tell you, you can call him Father. So what Jesus is doing here is making the unknowable knowable. All the names we had in the Old Testament of God were lofty names. They were distant and powerful. The Jewish people had seen God as a cosmic creator, but struggled with the intimacy that his father could offer. So Jesus uses Patros, father, or Abba, which could be translated as Papa, or Dada, uh, or Daddy. Uh, Daddy is still too uh formal a phrase and this is really uh, uh, a father patros is is the formal i have my this is my father that the intimate name that you might have for your dad uh is really what abba translates as uh, so a baby or a child will call their uh, dad uh, papa or dada that that really is what abba is we struggle with uh, dada and we often you know might say it's daddy uh, and that's the closest we're going to get but really it's it's papa or dada so abba abba the a b b a uh, it, it's just one of the most simple phrases that a, a child or a baby can use so uh, jesus tells us that he prays to abba abba father uh, it's this intimate childish and childlike name so what Jesus is doing here is taking the unfathomable father and making him relatable and knowable. I'm going to give you a name here so you can know what this father is like. So just before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus talks about God as father four times. Matthew 6, uh, verses 1, 3, uh, uh, 1, 6 and 8. Uh, Jesus talks about uh, God has father. So the lofty God, the unknowable God, becomes knowable by Jesus by calling him father. Abba. Uh, so we can uh, struggle to approach God. So Jesus um, Jesus becomes the one that helps us relate. And what's really important is Jesus dies on the cross so that we can call God Dada and Father. Uh, until we know Jesus has died for us, rose again, forgiven us of our sins, then God is just the almighty scary one who we don't approach because he's going to catch us out. But because of Jesus and his death on the cross, uh, the, the uh, almighty God becomes father, becomes the one we can approach. So when God tears the temple curtain down the middle when Jesus has died, that's God the father telling his children, come on in, come on in. You, you've only known me as almighty scary God. I'm now opening the door. The curtain is torn. Come on in. Come on in. Come meet Dad. And um, so this is why Jesus is so important uh, within the Trinity. To understand Father, we need to have Jesus here. But let's get back to the Father. Galatians 4, 6 says this, because you are his sons. We're adopted sons and daughters. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son, Jesus, into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. 
So in us is the spirit of Jesus who calls out Abba Father and we are invited into that place because of Jesus. So the last thing I just want to explore as I run out of time is this, the tangible and tender nature and character of God. Without the foundation of Abba, this intimate God, we are likely to fall into a trembling fear of God. So Jesus allows us to not approach God with that fear, trembling, because we have Abba, Father. So what Jesus is doing is making God approachable. Before the creation of the world, God was still Father. God has always been Father. Uh, Father is not his name because he has fathered us. That's a big misunderstanding. We don't call God Father because he has fathered us. We don't call God Father because Jesus is the Son. We call God Father because that is who he is. So God as Father is about who he is, not what he has birthed. That's his, this is who he is, the character and nature of God, the Father God. Is about who he is. The world comes out of God's fatherness, but it's not because of creation that he is the father. Your head around that. The world comes out of God's fatherness, but it's not because he's created that he is father. Father is about God's identity. Abba is God's identity, character, and heart. So what kind of Abba do we have we have a abba who is forgiving you don't get kicked out of the family because we sin he does something about it he sends his only son what um, the father does is he does everything to keep us in relationship with him he doesn't kick us out of the family but actually does what he needs to do to give sacrifice so the family can stay together he's forgiving he's close god abba is closer than we are to ourselves read psalm 10 if you want to understand that uh, god is closer than we are to ourselves it says in psalm 10 why have you gone from me uh, give it a read psalm 10 it's beautiful abba father is generous he is caring is faithful and he is loving this is who father is if you are scared of God, if you feel that God is unapproachable, if you think that God is against you, that you have to earn his love, then don't miss out on understanding God as Abba. He is the father that is knowable to you because of Jesus. And he loves you. He is loving, faithful, caring, generous, close and forgiving. This is who he is. This is what he's like. This is what he does for his family. And God has a family and he'll do everything to keep us all in that family. And when we're in that family, he watches out for our health, our well-being. He watches out for our very needs. You know, he cares for the widow, the orphan. He cares for those that are outcast. He gathers others into his family because his arms are big enough. He behaves like a mother hen, protecting us with his wings. This is who the unfathomable father is. He is knowable as Abba because of Jesus on the cross. So there's a lot of theology we've covered uh, in that session uh, today. And I hope it's not been too heavy for you, but you might have grasped something in there that will help you wrestle with and know who 
father God is. God is unfathomable whilst at the same time he's daddy. I pray that you would come to realise and know that you have a dad who adores you, is faithful to you, is caring for you, is generous towards you, is closer than you are to yourself and he loves to forgive his children. I pray that you might come to know God as the unfathomable father, Abba, Daddy. Friends, until next time, grace and peace. <laughs>